Hi again, folks. Welcome back. Life with Breath Expert Series. Ed Harold here with you today. And today we have the amazing Larissa Carlson. And if she doesn't know it, you don't need to know it. It's simply that simple. When I met this young lady several years ago, many years ago, I just knew that you ever meet someone and, and you you get around their energy and you're like, wow, like that is really something like she's dynamite and she's going to be able to help a lot of people. And since then, her career has been like a moonshot, just really taking off. And she's in that 1% of the 1% of the teachers who you want to work with. And she's an Ayurvedic master. She's a yogic master. She's one of the all time greats. And she's what I call the prana goddess. And where there's prana, you're going to find Larissa. And she is a large charge of prana. <laughs> where are you today? I'm in southern Vermont in the Green Mountains. It is gorgeous out there. It is full-time spring. We have blue skies, flowers everywhere, flowering trees. It's just fantastic. Is it a secret location or, <laughs> or is it a bunker? Or <laughs> It's always a secret location. No, I'm in, I'm in Southern Vermont. I'm in Manchester and we're on a hill in the middle of this beautiful valley between the mountains and it's just prana everywhere. And one of the mountains that we can see is known as Mount Aeolus. Mm -hmm. And Aeolus was the, the god of wind, the god mm -hmm. of prana. And shocking. so I see that, yeah, shocking, right? That I would land with a house that just looks in Mount Aeolus. And so I just get all of that, all that good prana vibe. Now, not only are you amazing, I know you have a great support staff there. You, you've got the wonderful David. How's I he sure doing? Do. He's doing fantastic. Loving it. Loving life up here. Hiking. Soon we'll be swimming. It's still a little cold here. Uh, and doing lots of biking and, and getting into the woods as often as we possibly can. Yeah, I remember when he first started this path. And uh, wow. Yeah. Like he dove in like twice. <laughs> Intense. It's we love. We must have got we, we that from it. you. It's the karma, you know. It's the karma of it. We each have our 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 path to walk, to blaze, to fly through. You know. Yeah, the interplay of the souls is such mm. a subtle, beautiful thing. Mm. You know, when we can just let go a little bit and trust, and you know, David's just an amazing man, and he's done so much mm. with his life, but got his inner work. I haven't seen the man for years, but uh, I can only imagine. It's really, it's something to be able to, to walk the path with someone who's so dedicated to it, you know, and who, uh, who inspires me and challenges me, you know, and calls me out and, and, and keeps me moving and, and exploring. And uh, that keeps it, keeps it not only interesting, but keeps me on my toes, which is really important too. Yeah. Me too. I live in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of speak. Yeah, yeah. The two of you, yeah, you're always, always at it, exploring, discovering, wrestling with with the practices and how they show up in the different facets of life. Yeah, it's great having that full mirror mm -hmm. all the time that you mm -hmm. can't escape the truth from, even <laughs> though you wish you could from time to time. <laughs> How's the dog? The dog's good. He's, you know, he's upstairs. He was in here a few minutes ago and I had to, you know, scoot him out because he will take over the, the, the scene. He likes to toss his 
the pillows behind me. He likes to toss those and 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 get them moving. And so uh, he he loves it up here, except he prefers it to be cold. You know, he definitely yeah. likes the cold. So starting yeah. to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ayurveda, gosh, what a rich, amazing tradition. Mm. This, this was science before science. Uh, it's yeah. just such an amazing thing. And gosh, you really dove all the way into the Ayurvedic pool, didn't you? Mm. What's your journey did. been? I mean, from just initially just receiving the practices and then deciding mm -hmm. that you wanted to become the dean of Ayurveda at Colorado mm -hmm. or at Kripala, the largest mm -hmm. yoga center in America. It, it must have been quite an interesting ride. Mm. I first met Ayurveda uh, the same day that I showed up at Kripalu. I had, which was now uh, 19 years ago. I've been mm. I've been at Kripalu for 18 years, mm. and it was a year before that. My mother had gotten me a gift certificate to get a massage there, and I'd never been on campus, never never heard of the place, and I picked out what I thought was the most luscious thing on the menu, which was an Ayurvedic. Uh, scrub down. It was an exfoliation massage followed by a stream of warm oil on the forehead. It's known as Udvartana Shiradhara. Mm. And it's a detoxifying practice. It's perfect for, you know, springtime mm. and also a very soothing, relaxing sort of meditative practice. And when I arrived, the practitioner took my pulse and chose the oils based on my pulse. And that was all new to me. You know, I'd never had my pulse taken in that way and didn't know anything about Ayurveda or the doshas, but I loved the treatment, you know? And so I was in, like, as soon as those oils came out, they smelled so delicious and it felt so nourishing. Um, and so I loved it right from the start. And then a year later, I began working there and, and moving through my teacher training and such. And right away I started, uh, experimenting with Ayurveda. And so the Ayurveda school had just started when I arrived. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I was able to meet the current dean, work with her, uh, take lots and lots of Ayurvedic massages and consultations, get to know the students going through the school. Mm -hmm. And before, um, before long, I signed up to take the, the training as well, which was a two-year academic, uh, rigorous academic training. And from there, um, which also included a, a trip to India to study at a at a clinic there and to work with clients there. And then as soon as I finished up uh, and graduated, I became the intern for the school. And I did that for a little while and then became the assistant dean and did that for a couple of years and then became the dean and held the dean position for a number of years. And now I'm faculty for them. So I David and I moved moved out of the area, and so uh, I had to let go of the dean position at that point. But I teach for them regularly. I'm going actually down to Kripalu tomorrow, as it so happens, to graduate the the current class. And so uh, it's been uh, that's my academic journey. Mm -hmm. But you know, my personal journey is is uh, not as smooth. You know, with mm -hmm. Ayurveda, it really demands presence. You know, it demands self-observation, it demands changing habits, you know, and mm -hmm. letting go mm -hmm. of attachments. Uh, and so that's been more of 
a wrestle, a wrestling at times, and really identifying habits and patterns that I was a- attached to mm-hmm. and things that I was ready to let go of, other things that I'm still attached to, like my morning cup of coffee, you know, that I really right. don't need, shouldn't have, you know. Um, and so it is a ride, you know, much like the yoga path, which I've been exploring simultaneously and the mindfulness practice, of course, I'm a master's degree in mindfulness studies. And, and so working all three of those traditions, the yoga, the Ayurveda and the mindfulness, you know, from the Buddhist tradition, that has demanded that I really look, you know, really look at myself, look at what's working and what's not working and, and make changes. And some of those changes, of course, have felt fantastic and, and really easy to make. And I've been super excited and other things, as I'm sure you can imagine, you know, not so easy, not so easy. And so it is mm. a, a practice that um, like holds you to it, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's that. You know, gosh, when, when you said your mom sent you to Kapala and you for a mm-hmm. massage. It just mm-hmm. reminds me of the folks out there that, that have that special mom. And that's not to degrade or com- be competitive or anything mm-hmm. when it comes to moms, because, you know, all moms are coming from a place of growth, but gosh, when you have a mom, that's like an all-star, mm-hmm. it's just something that you carry with you every step of the way. And you think about mm-hmm the path that you've been on and mom said, go down and get that massage. And you chose it. And so it was like a co-collaboration <laughs> which, which led onto this path. Your, your mom must've been, must've been a piece of work. Oh my goodness. She, she, and she's, she's still alive now. And she is, um, I will see her tomorrow actually. as it so happens. She's 83 now and went through a period where, you know, it was really, really rough, really, really difficult, and then uh, has bounced back and is doing really well. She studied philosophy. She was a Mm -hmm. philosophy um, major in college, and she was a nurse, a visiting nurse, and and she did a lot of of caregiving, which is another big thing that I do. I'm end-of-life doula and actually Mm -hmm. right right now in the midst uh, of, of working with I just, uh, one of my clients and friends just passed away two days ago and I'm working oh. with another client right now. And so there's a, you know, holding a lot of space. And I know that so much of that comes from her, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you know, long-term interest in studying philosophy and different philosophies uh, and the ability to hold space for folks who are injured, sick, stressed, exhausted, depleted, bouncing back from surgeries, you know, so, so much of it comes mm-hmm. from her. Um, and my interest comes that way, even though she never encouraged me uh, in any way to do any of those things. And I also, you know, it just, I, it's now been almost 20 years since my father passed away. But just with this last, this last client that I, I've been working with is these last few weeks, uh, who, who's a dear friend of mine who's just passed, she, uh, her favorite texts were the Upanishads. Mm-hmm. And so I have been bringing her books to read, reading from the Gita and reading from the Ramayana and the Tao and um, bringing in Dana Fault's poetry, yoga poetry mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and and just filling the days with peacefulness and philosophy, which is what she requested for, for her end of life. And I brought in my copies, my volume of, of the Upanishads, and they were my father's. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that he studied them. 
and they were, you know, I, I, I found this out 20 years ago. My my sister had given me his his copies when she was clearing out his stuff, and I had no idea that he had studied yogic philosophy, and we'd never talked about it. He was a, a, a major in the classics. He taught Greek and and mm-hmm. um, you know philosophy and such, but but we never talked about it. And so there's something about karma lineage. Um, ancestral work that needs to be done that can come through even when one has passed away, even when it's never been a conversation. I really believe that there are threads that go from generation to generation, mm-hmm. um, that even without being spoken, there's still there's so, something gets put in the oven to be cooked, you know? Right, right. You know, it's amazing the generational trauma that, that we all are going through. Uh, you know, we never will be uh, healed. Uh, there's only healing, someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, and it was just mm-hmm. a real eye opener, you know, that ING at the end, mm-hmm. not the ED. And it just kind of, I said, like, wow, that's a really good one. I'm going to use that. Yeah, but, you know, when I think of you, mm-hmm. my vision is someone who can dream big mm-hmm. and, and go for the goal go for the gold, but also does not avoid the details of what builds the quality of the mind and body to achieve such great human dreams. Mm. Would that be a fair description? I think so. You know, I don't, I don't think I really have my eye on the goal though so much, you know, um, I'm more of a detail. I, I think I'm more, I of the wor- I'm more of a worker bee, you know? Yeah. And and I, I like to manage. I like to be in charge. I like to get things done. But I'm not actually so much the big visionary, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's almost always better for me to have someone who comes up with a fantastic idea and mm-hmm. then gives it to me. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can make that happen. But coming up with the big idea, uh, that doesn't come up for me. You know, we all have different different gifts in that way but yeah getting into the nitty-gritty and like doing the work and making sure that that everything is um is prepared properly that's that's my wheelhouse right there yeah the gifts of pitta (laughs) (laughs) you know one of the great parts about ayurveda is it accepts you as you are without Mm -hmm. judgment and Mm -hmm. the great science leads us into classically three different uh, mind-body types and there's different seasons and there's different pranayams and mm-hmm. gosh, it it just allows you to love yourself so much from the inside out if you can just surrender to it. And here we are in this, uh, you know, beautiful spring. It's the curiosity of the new light, the new warmth, the sounds outside the window that we hear mm-hmm. every day. What's Ayurveda have to say about the season of spring and humanity? Mm. So spring is the first, the spring is the season of birth, the the season of of new life. And so Ayurveda sees kind of all of life as going through three seasons. And and this is not uncommon in in the Western view as well. Um, And so spring is the, the youth of life. 
And so we all sort of go through, we all go through youth and uh, that is the time of, of growing. And it's a, a season that's often described as being very sticky. It's like mm-hmm. the mud season, right? Like yeah. it's cup of doshas is an energy that is said to be made mostly of water and earth. So it's like mud or like muddy water. So it's steady and sticky and gooey, wet, and like, just like babies, you know, like mm-hmm. they're little gooey balls, you know, and things, nourishment sticks to them and they grow and get bigger and bigger. And so we all go through this cup of spring of life, mm-hmm. cup of season of life which is then moved into the pitta season of life, which is basically puberty to menopause roughly ish, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, teens, 20 ish to fifties ish, uh, and both for men and for women. And that season of like needing fire to get things done and, you know, build a career, build a family, perhaps build a a bank account, maybe build a home, um, but to get things done. And we need that, that fire, that, that summer of life. And then we move into the Vata stage, which is the winter of life, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the wisdom years of life and the time of really getting expansive and, and digging into the, the subtlety of spirituality. And so right now we're in spring. And, and so we have externally in the macrocosm of nature, we have certain qualities that are showing up right now that are that are are starting to shift towards summertime you know mm-hmm. we're towards the end of the season but springtime is often foggy it's damp it's cloudy uh the wa- the the earth itself seems kind of swollen with water you know especially in early spring you know mm-hmm. like there's flood yeah. there's puddles you know and we get a lot of 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 this wetness, kind of cool wetness, dampness mm-hmm. in spring. And that can accumulate in the body for mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. because we're affected by the weather. And so as it's cool and damp outside, we can tend to feel kind of cool and damp inside as well. And what often happens is we get too much of that like foggy raininess in the body and feel uh, extra congestion. Like mm-hmm. sinus congestion, mm-hmm. runny nose, watery eyes, sneezing, seasonal allergies, uh, lung congestion, uh, feeling swollen or puffy, you know, when rings don't fit well or mm-hmm. feet feel swollen, um, holding extra weight from the winter, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of all like comes to a head in spring right. And, right. and we can feel that extra cup or too much spring energy, too much spring qualities in the body mind. In the mind, we can see things like you know, foggy headedness or lack of motivation or feeling sloth and torpor, mm-hmm. uh, feeling stuck stuck in the mud, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we talked last year here about, you know, some of the fun things for spring and Ayurveda loves using pranayama to, to balance what's happening in the season and in the weather and in our bodies. And so springtime, it's been, you know, hopefully everyone watching has been like, doing the stuff you know like this is the time of year to be doing bastrika and kapalabhati and ujjayi and like really getting things moving yeah we need to balance all that heavy wet spring energy with circulation and heat basically to dry up the extra water to evaporate the mucus to clear out the clogs you know it's like pranayama is like it's like environmentally free Drano, you know, for the body. Like we use the prana to just like clear things out. And so that's what we've been doing. You know, that's ideal in the spring is like 
do the detox, do the purification, clear out the channels, strong pranayama, strong asana, lots and lots of, of work. You know, it's time to detox. That's we're, so, we're coming to the end of that. You know, what's really interesting about Ayurveda, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that as we move through the seasons, before Ayurveda is going to allow you to spring into summer, you first must detox the inner world of the previous season. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like so much of, you know, life seems to be moving forward, you know, and I get that. But at the end of the day, Ayurveda also wants to pull the weeds from the last season before we re- mm-hmm. reach into the bounty of what the next season might offer us. And I just think that really honors the body and how hard it works for us. Let's just say now in winter, to mm-hmm. keep us warm, to keep our temperature at 98.6, to stay grounded during difficult uh, weather conditions and things mm-hmm. like that. It's. Can you speak a little bit about how it all connects? Yeah, yeah. So we see, you know, the changing weather patterns throughout the year. And of mm-hmm. course, um, no matter where one is on the planet, there are different seasons. Of course, they're, they're more uh, dramatic at, at the poles and less dramatic at the equator, but everybody has changing seasons right. and, you know, here in Vermont. They're very clear, you know, for, for, for very clear seasons, but Ayurveda pays a lot of attention to those changing seasons and the corresponding seasonal harvest. Mm-hmm. And so we see that the earth gives us the antidote to the changing weather. Mm-hmm. And what's growing right now in the spring garden is really different than what was growing in the fall harvest. Right. Like mm-hmm. we were getting all of these heavy, thick foods to prepare for the cold, windy, dry season of winter, mm-hmm. right? And so like pumpkins, squash, nuts were falling from the trees, they're protein rich and high fat, right? Mm-hmm. And we get wheat is traditionally harvested in this in the fall, which is a very sticky grain for the cold, dry vata season. Um, more more dairy products used and more meat used in the in the fall and winter as well, like dense, thick comfort foods essentially. But the garden itself gives us these rich, heavy root vegetables and really sticky grains and really dense nuts in the fall. We're not getting that stuff in the garden right now. It's a different season. It's a totally different harvest. And so in the spring, in this cup of season, when it's damp and cool and we need to detox, then the earth is giving us greens, basically bitter greens. That's all that's coming up out of the garden right now. It's mm-hmm. dandelion greens, mustard greens. Uh, here in Vermont and in Massachusetts, we get a lot of fiddleheads, which are these green little bitter kind of ferns. We get asparagus and Swiss chard and broccoli rub and celery and, and, and all the kales and stuff. Like pretty much every green vegetable is popping up right now, except lettuce, which is more cooling for summer. Mm-hmm. And so we get all of these like scraping. They're purifying. They're, they are, they're not high in fat. They're, they're not heavy and dense. They're very light and they're rough and they scrape. And so the earth is giving us foods to detox right there it's giving us foods to use to detox right now and so everybody watching like eat your greens right now it's as many greens as you can get in you know green soups and green juices and and roasted greens and steamed greens and grilled greens you know as much as you can that's what the earth is saying to do now and then in just a, a month or two that harvest is also going to change 
And as the weather moves away from this kind of cool, damp, foggy, muddy, rainy season, we're going to get into the, the hot, humid summer season of Pitta. And so the garden is going to give us all, all sorts of sweet fruits, right? And very juicy uh, lettuce, very watery, you know, very uh, cold kinds of vegetables like cucumbers. Mm -hmm. right? And so we're going to get a very different harvest, which is the earth, mother nature's wisdom, just giving us different foods at different times of year to handle what's happening in the weather. And yeah. so we get, you know, all the cucumbers and all of these sweet fruits like plums and uh, watermelons and things like that to take us through the, the summer season. And mm -hmm. so Ayurveda would say, just like we change our clothes based on the season, we should change the yoga based on the season. We should change the diet based on the season because we can't do the same thing all year. The body has to be negotiating what's actually happening in in the present moment you know right. so it's present it's really mindfulness it's mindful awareness of how our bodies and minds are affected by these changing seasonal patterns and weather patterns amazing amazing mm -hmm. thank you for that that's that is just beautiful mm. you know ayurveda forces us or gives us the opportunity to participate in our well-being mm -hmm. uh it's not a pill uh it's coming from the earth. Your body knows your digestion knows what's coming from the earth. There's, mm. there's almost a, uh, your body saying, hooray, something mm -hmm. for me. When it sees some of the nutritious items that, that you mentioned a few minutes mm -hmm. ago, that mm -hmm. some of us might not be putting in our basket at the store. Mm -hmm. How do we get people to start to buy in <clears throat> that there is really no wiggle room here? This is the path that has been walked for thousands of years mm. for folks that want to have energy, a clear mind, to be grounded, to remove toxic emotions, to mm. understand the bigger purpose of our birth and why we're walking this path right now. Mm. What would you say to someone who's coming into a consultation who was who knew nothing about Ayurveda and you know wasn't getting full traction in their mind and was in adrenal fatigue and can't sleep at night and blah, blah, blah? Well, the, when the situation is complex or complicated, mm -hmm. the remedy is to simplify. Yeah. 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 I love that. And that's what's happening. So for so many people nowadays, there's so much on the plate, like mm -hmm. on the dinner plate, so much on one's you know schedule, <clears throat> so much to handle and navigate. And so people are facing, uh, really difficult times and juggling a lot and now of course being sandwiched you know and i'm sure many of the listeners today are in kind of the sandwich years like having kids who are growing up and then aging parents and and that you know juggling with work and animals and all the things and so we see folks who are they're spread too thin they're exhausted depleted sleep deprived dehydrated uh often with with some kind of malnourishment you know, um, lots of toxicity, you know, an accumulation uh, of toxins over years and decades that, that needs to be cleared out. And then a mind that often isn't given enough time to, to let off steam, you know, and to process and to digest. And so for all of those conditions, the remedy is to simplify, which is 
simple and safe and 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 cheap but not easy you know like it's yeah. not always, not always easy but it is absolutely the remedy and so we need to simplify the diet and the beautiful thing there ed is that eating ayurvedically is good on the wallet because whatever is in season is cheaper because it's in abundance and so you know you. right you go into a grocery store and whatever like right now in the grocery store there's asparagus like right in your face when you walk in you know mm -hmm. like everything that is seasonal is is on sale and it's right there in 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 our faces and so to follow those signs you know like the 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 farmers are are giving us the antidote you know, it's right there and it's, it gives a variety to try something different each season, not to be eating the same thing season after season, which gets kind of boring on the, on the tongue, you know? Right. Um, so we want to change things up and then we need to simplify lifestyle, you know, getting rid of um, things that aren't necessary in the schedule, saying no sometimes and yeah. creating more more space often what what happens is is kind of a friction you know mm -hmm. people are just jamming from one intense responsibility to the next thing to the next responsibility to the next thing and it's creating systemic inflammation you know there's this inner friction there's this inner heat it's just building you know it's the, the like pressure a pressure cooker, you know, mm -hmm. and so folks are feeling that in the blood, they're feeling it in the heart, they're feeling it in the mind, the eyes burning, you know, and so to slow down, to create more space, to take time off, to have silent meals, to drive in a car and not put music on when driving, to come home and not put the TV on all the time or to watch something that's soothing and not disturbing, you know, to the mind. Like there's so many little choices that can be made to simplify. And in Ayurvedic consultation is really helpful for that because uh, clinicians can help sort of ask the right questions and identify what would serve, what would be a priority, uh, what will be most effective effective and efficient uh, for each client that'll be different for everyone but it's almost always about prioritizing peacefulness nature time quiet time more time on the yoga mat more time on the meditation cushion more time you know at the farmer's market more time staring at the stars you know uh, and and these are all doable very 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 effective and then, of course, we can ayurvedically get into herbs and teas and spices and all sorts of other practices, you know, that are, that are a little more kind of surgical and get it get at the problem more directly. Uh, but, we, but we want to create a foundation, a lifestyle, the lifestyle, right? I want to create a lifestyle that is is peaceful and tranquil, even when there's going to be ongoing demands and uh, ongoing responsibilities. There are always things that can be simplified. So well said, so clear and easy to understand your communication is beautiful. You know, in the West, we hear a lot about chronic inflammation and how it interferes with the distribution of oxygen to keep our energy levels high and keep us in rhythm. And Ayurveda, uh, I believe, called that ama. And uh, when we think okay. about the brain, uh, we have the West calls it neuropeptides. Where mm -hmm. in the East, we would call it samaskara, subconscious mm -hmm. habits, things like that. Uh, can you explain a little bit about how the season of spring 
and and different types of, of breathing exercises would weave seamlessly into to balancing out high levels of ama and then breaking maybe some of the subconscious habits that we hold so dear uh, in our springtime memory. Mm. So, so there are a couple things going on there, Ed, and and you know Ayurveda, of course, is a it's an entire system of medicine. It's a right. full, complete, sophisticated, vast system of medicine, and so um, it goes thoroughly into etiology and pathology of disease states, and and it covers psychology and surgery and all sorts of things. And so, um, when there is disturbance in the body, there are many things that can be at play. Mm-hmm. Um, the doshas are almost always causing trouble. You know, they're, they're like the three stooges. They're almost always causing some kind of trouble. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, they're, they're, the word dosha literally means that which can spoil or that which can vitiate. It means at fault. And so they're not bad, but they have a tendency to spoil because they're affected by our diet and lifestyle choices. And because we have free will, we don't always make choices that are, you know, ideal for our bodies. And so the doshas are, they're, you know, they're naughty. And, and so the doshas are often um, responsible for the buildup of toxicity, Mm -hmm. but they, they build up toxicity in different ways. So, so the word ama that you used before is a really interesting word in Ayurveda. It, it, It means, you know, toxicity. It means, uh, toxic sludge or mm-hmm. undigested food sludge, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's, that's more the technical term, really. Mm-hmm. It's like undigested gunk, you know, that's clogging up the channels. Mm-hmm. And we see it, uh, for those who are, are really new to Ayurveda and, and watching, listening today, the ama shows up, um, it can show up anywhere in the body and it can also clog the mind as well. And so there's kind of a subtle way of, of that ama can, bring toxins into the mm-hmm. mind, but but mainly we talk about it in, in the body. And so it can show up as like that white stuff that collects on the tongue in the morning. Mm-hmm. So those of you who do like tongue scraping, you know, if you look at your tongue in the morning, often there's like a little bit of white on the on the tongue. And that's pretty normal. You know, it shows that maybe you want to lighten up the diet a little bit this, you know, this day and just be a little cleaner mm-hmm. in the food. Mm-hmm. But for some people, the tongue is just coated in white, you know, like it's like a thick, almost like hairy, gooky, white mess on the tongue. And the tongue is the beginning of the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. And the tongue is also like a map of the internal organs. And in Ayurveda and, and diagnosis and assessment, we can read the tongue and see what's happening in each organ, each system of the body, just by looking at the tongue. We mm-hmm. can do the same with the eyes. We can do the same with the pulse. And mm-hmm. so it's an assessment tool. And so if the tongue is covered with that like white gook, you know for sure that that ama on the tongue is also in the GI tract. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, it happens a lot in the spring. A lot of people notice more white gook, more ama in the spring because wintertime we tend to eat the heavier, richer comfort foods through the vata season. You know, it's like holidays and pies and meat and dairy and things like that. And, and that's appropriate for winter. But if it's not well processed, it will accumulate and cause clogging causes a, a basically a traffic jam in in mm-hmm. the in the body and so it shows up as that white gook on the tongue but it's also in the gi tract it can create a foul smell like mm-hmm. when the bowel movement smells uh it can create bad breath smell uh body odor like instead mm-hmm. of just normal like you know get a good sweat and have a little little kind of normal bo it's like 
stinks, you know, that's, that's a sign that there's ama there. Yeah. It's like, "Mm," you know, um, and it can also create headaches. It can create a lot of achiness in the joints. It can create a lot of gas and a lot of like foul smelling gas. So those are some common signs of, of ama in the body, toxicity in the body. Now that ama can come with inflammation, but, mm-hmm. but technically they're separate. So there's really? the, like, yeah, they're separate. So there's white ama and then there's inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so, and inflammation is pitta. It's mm-hmm. the fire dosha. Mm-hmm. And there can be pitta ama, mm-hmm. so you get inflammation plus the gook, right? Mm-hmm. And it often turns yellow for pitta. So we get this yellowy gook instead of white gook. Mm-hmm. And then we can have vata ama, and which tends to go more brown. And it, it, it's like darker on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's got a, a little bit different color. And then kappa ama, which mm-hmm. is just straight up white on the tongue, which is probably what a lot of people are feeling right now. But so the inflammation itself is pitta mm-hmm. that's pitta pitta is the only fire dosha and so when we get inflammation it's happening because of pitta dosha and so when there's there's toxicity plus inflammation that's a challenging brew right there that's a challenging brew that's a complex situation and so mm-hmm. we have to simplify and so the beautiful thing about spring is that the earth is giving us detoxifying and refreshing cooling foods Mm. so we're getting all those bitter greens like asparagus and stuff that's great for detox but it's also cooling to inflammation it's not like eating chili peppers you know we're not eating things that are going to inflame we're eating things that are also refreshing and so i mean think about loads of, of spinach and celery juice right like green very detoxing incredibly cooling for inflammation mm-hmm. and so the earth is again the earth the earth's wisdom mother nature's wisdom the wisdom of ayurveda the wisdom of nature is giving us the antidote to both the toxicity and to the inflammation but the main thing with inflammation is we have to take away the poisons so we, and they talk about them as poisons in ayurveda like what's causing the inflammation what's causing the trouble mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that could be one common reason for inflammation is the jamming of life, just going from one thing to the next to the next right. that we talked about before. And there's no right. breathing room, right? It's creating a, a pressure cooker. And so it's like the stress of the sympathetic nervous system and the adrenals, the cortisol, the adrenaline just pumping through mm-hmm. the system all day, jacked up, revved up, and that's inflaming to the system. So it's like pitta behavior mm-hmm. that causes the inflammation. Another major cause of of inflammation are are foods and substances that are really hot or sharp. Mm -hmm. And so alcohol, Mm -hmm. coffee, Mm -hmm. white sugar, um, greasy fried food, you know, anything that's really peppery, you know, ginger and garlic and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, eggplant parmesans and all the nightshades and sour foods and, and things like that. They're not good or bad. Ayurveda doesn't say that they're right or wrong. They're not good or bad, but they are inflaming mm-hmm. or they are heating. And so if we take in too much, it will stack and it will overflow and cause suffering. And mm-hmm. so right now we're right at that shift of kind of the cool season moving into the warm season. And so right now is the time to be extra careful of that inflammation because 
we've been eating sort of warm, hot foods all winter, right? And lots of cinnamon and ginger and spices, right? And it, in the cup of season of spring, mm -hmm. we also tend to do a lot, you know, of talking at the very beginning of our, our session of like bastrika and kapalabhati and like vinyasa, mm -hmm. you know, like now's mm -hmm. the time to detox and like get in the sauna and cook, cook out those toxins. But we have to be careful right now because the next month or two is when the temperature starts to rise and the body will start mm -hmm. to feel overly heated. Mm -hmm. And so we need to reduce the coffee, the alcohol, the hot, mm -hmm. spicy food, the greasy food that's all very heating and then also create more spaciousness in life like taking vacations in the summer you know and not jam packing them with a thousand things you know like actually taking quiet time to gaze at the stars to sit out on the deck to have a quiet picnic you know it's time to actually let the body air out and we do this also with the yoga and also with the pranayama like it's time to start shifting away from the really hot things and the purifying practices of spring and be just a little extra careful of the inflammation that can accumulate and be aggravated in this coming season of summer. Thank you for that. You know, not only are you extremely skilled in Ayurveda, but you're also an American pranayama master. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite thing of all. <laughs> you know, if you haven't passed out, you haven't done enough. So, <laughs> Just say that I was coming to see you and, and I was a, a, a kapha persona, a kappa persona. And here we are in mid-May. What pranayams would you be suggesting to a kappa persona at this time of year? I would be starting to, I, I would be doing some, some gentle. So a kappa, someone who has a lot of kappa in their system yeah. Uh, who's like born with that, they're going to be pretty sturdy folks. So a cup yeah. of dosha, it's made of water and earth. It's the most stable of the three doshas. It's the strongest of the three doshas. It has the best endurance of the three doshas. Like they're the powerhouse dosha. And so folks who have a lot of cup in their makeup, they're sturdy. Like they tend to have broad shoulders. They have strong muscles. You know, they the big rib cage, big skeletal system, big yeah. lungs, you know, like they're, you know, booming voices, right? And so they can take a lot, yeah, they can take, they can take a workout, you know, like they can take a workout. And so, and, and Cappadocia's main location for everyone. So we all have Cappadocia. We all have Cappadocia uh, in our bodies and minds, giving us all sorts of kind of cool lubricants. It's like the inner spring wetness. So mm -hmm. the saliva in the mouth is governed by Cappa and the, the mucosa that lines the lungs, protecting mm -hmm. the lungs from all that dry vata breathing all day, including mm -hmm. the pranayama. Mm -hmm. uh, the mucosa that lines the stomach, protecting the stomach from all those hot pitta acids that break down food, right? Cappadocia governs the synovial fluid and the cerebrospinal fluid and the white matter of the brain. Uh, so we all have Cappadocia, everybody has it, but some people have like a lot of it. They're born with a cup of constitution and those are like the really sturdy folks. And so for them, I would be giving them in the cup of season, the strongest of the pranayamas. And so because the main location of kappa in the body is actually the lungs, that's its mm -hmm. primary organ. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is where accumulation of mucus shows up, 
right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to clear the lungs and pranayama, you know, the fastest way to do that. And so for a kapha dosha, lots of sun breaths, you know, working the arms up, breath of joy, mm -hmm. right? We want to get moving. We want to heat and circulate. I said earlier, like heat and circulate. Yeah. And so sun breaths, breath of joy are fantastic in the kapha season. For a kapha dosha in the kapha season, I would definitely be doing bastrika, pumping the mm -hmm. arms, working mm -hmm. those lungs, airing mm -hmm. them out, working the bellows, like get into all those little nooks and crannies and clear out the clutter. Again, it's like, yeah. like pranayama is like Drano. You know, you just get in there and get it out. I would be doing kapalabhati, right? Kapalabhati, the, the, which is like using a neti pot, right? It clears mucus out of the sinuses, and mm -hmm. clears the frogs in the throat. Mm -hmm. um, lots of that stuff but I would start to actually be tapering it down over the next month and sort of rounding off or softening the edges of that practice in May and June so that it's not so booming, it's not so big, it's not so heating because now's the time where that could be, it could backfire. Yeah, you're like, not gonna need it. You're not gonna need it, exactly. So like March, April, May, that's the time of year, I would argue, for everyone, no matter what the constitution, do the strongest pranayama in the spring, early spring, mm -hmm. Mar even February, February, March, April, May. That's the time to do the strongest pranayamas of the year for everybody, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. for a cup of constitution and especially for folks who are working with extra congestion and seasonal allergies and runny nose and all that stuff. Like do the pranayama. It will help. It will really help. But now we need to start taking it down a notch or else it will accumulate too much heat. And when you get into summer, folks will be dried out, overly dried. They'll be overly hot. And so we want to just kind of smooth off the edges of that practice a little bit. And so I might move more to just sun breaths instead of lots of bastrika so that we get the movement of the arms. We get the movement of the breath, but it's more fluid. Mm -hmm. It's more tranquil. It's more peaceful, you know. Um, it's, you know, it's very much this time of year is a time to go from the doing, like mm -hmm. strong vinyasa and like doing the arm work and arm balancing and inversions and like clearing, like draining out the lungs that we do in the spring. And we want to start moving from doing into being. Mm -hmm. And the summer is very much a time, ayurvedically, yogically, to to be more spacious and the and space is an element that is needed for both the spring cuppa season mm -hmm. because cup is made of water and earth it has no space so we want to have a lot of spaciousness for spring but but space is also needed in summer for pitta mm -hmm. which is made of water and fire so it also is missing space and so we can use the spaciousness of practice for both the spring and the summer season. That's kind of the dovetailing element um, of having space. And so what that means is like reaching, stretching, lengthening, get getting wide, you know, like elongating, uh, taking long, deep, thorough breaths, both the mm -hmm. inhalation and the exhalation, getting good exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide, pronifying all the channels thoroughly. But in the spring, we do that a little faster. You know, mm -hmm. we have a pep to it. Yeah. And in the summer, we do a little more slowly. So we don't overheat because wind fans fire. So if the breath is too fast in the summer, 
it's fanning that inflammation. It's fanning that pitta. It'll fan the fire. And so we just want to slow it down a little bit more and let everything get a little bit more quiet as we move into summer. And there are a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, and space creates quiet. Uh, so regardless of dosha type, springtime is when we want to kick it up. Springtime is when we want to kick it up, absolutely. And if you're the dosha, kick it up the most. Kick it up the most. And yeah. the time of day is important too, Ed, because ah. just like spring season is like the birth of life, you know, and then youth is the spring of life, the morning is the cup of time of day, mm. the the, the the beginning of, of the season. And so early morning is the best time of day to be doing the strong pranayama and strong exercise, according to Ayurveda. And so, you know, roughly sunrise through the morning, while it's still cool out, you know, while there's still dew and wetness on the grass and in the, in the atmosphere, that's the time to like, that's the time to do the Bastrika. That's the time to do the Kapalabhati. Yeah. Gosh, mm -hmm. I don't know where I'd be in my life without pranayama. Without <laughs> yeah. Without I'll give everything up, but not pranayama. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to give that up. It's just too damn much fun. You know, I like something that can push my buttons and humble me on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, humility is something that I think is a, a very grounding thing. It keeps us mm -hmm. growing. It keeps us curious. And, mm -hmm. you know, pranayama practice changed my life 25 years ago. And, mm -hmm. It still does it on a daily basis and nothing's really changed every time when i sit down it's still just the first time and there's this little kid curious who wants to play with the energy and wants to push mm -hmm. into my mind and wants to say you know why you know or how mm -hmm. you know all the little things sometimes that gets lost in the hustle and bustle of mm -hmm. success or whatever you're going for mm -hmm. so cool it's so cool and you know with with that you know we it, it's so important to be shifting the, the yoga and the pranayama practice, just like the diet and the clothes based on the season. And there are a lot of things that, that I think practitioners, like new practitioners may not know and seasoned practitioners may have forgotten, which is like in the, in the yoga space or in the meditation space or the pranayama space, we can bring a lot of, a lot of juice mm -hmm. to practice in, in the environment. You know, in the environment of the space, like like right behind me, this is my yoga space. You know, like I, yeah. practice, I practice right here. You know, and I've got a huge, huge uh, door looking out in Vermont and big window looking out at the mountains. Well, we can see um, the wind. You can see the, like, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, something that can be really helpful that can also change with the seasons, uh, things like aromatherapy during practice. So, like. Mm -hmm. You know, it, classically, the yogis would burn incense during during yoga practice, you know, have, have sandalwood or um, frankincense, you know, burning in the background. And that helps to create more of that vibe that creates spaciousness, right, to have aroma in the space. And that's something that can change in the season. Like right now in the spring, um, as we're kind of coming out of spring, aromas like eucalyptus mm -hmm. and the citrus aromas you know lemon lemon balm and uh, orange and grapefruit like just to have a little a little vial you know mm -hmm. where before practice you can take a little whiff and it's just such a quick way to awaken the mind to open up the cell channels you know aromatherapy is is for the prana yeah. body in so many ways and so i shift up my aromas 
based on the season too. And like what I'm keeping near me during yoga and meditation practice and pranayama. And so I've been using a lot of those, like the eucalyptus I have, I have actually right here, this is always on my desk, like a little, this is like a little vial, it's called a neti stick. I'm not an ambassador or anything, but a neti stick. And it is basically like, it's a little vial that's got a cotton swab inside and it's filled with eucalyptus and peppermint. And so you just get a little whiff. It's like ready for Mastrika now, you know, like it just right away, it wakes you up and it brings brightness to the mind when the mind is foggy, when there's lack of motivation. And so for, for those out there who have trouble kind of getting started with their pranayama practice or their meditation practice, aromatherapy can be a really nice way of luring you to, mm. to the cushion, you know? And so I use those stimulating ones in the spring. And then as we move into summer, then I change it to, to more cooling, refreshing aromas for, for the Pitta summer season. And so this vial is actually rose and I use mm -hmm. rose a lot, but mint is really good. Lily, lotus, kind of all the sweet flowers. I even use, a, a again, I'm not an ambassador. I'm just, this is what I use, but I have um, an, a rose water, which mm -hmm. is just an essential, you know, it's just distilled rose water and I can just spritz it all over. It can go right in the eyes. There's no perfume, no dye. And it's like this beautiful moment of just cool, refreshing mist. Yeah. And I will often spritz myself between rounds of pranayama just to keep everything sweet and spacious. You hear that, ladies and, and gentlemen? You know? Make a mental note of that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants a quick fix. Mm. Guess what? As soon as you interact with those things that you just mentioned, your body immediately knows what that is. Whether you mentally know what it is, really not important. Your body knows immediately. Because, whoo, I know what that is. I've done this for thousands of years. I'm in. So these are great little hacks to keep us interested, to keep us coming back, to keep us exploring, keep us curious, keep us young. You know, looking forward to a better future. You know, all these little things, it all just is part of the beautiful puzzle of us. So what are we going to do with this with this spring and pranayama? How, how can we leave this with folks where they're just going to go get in their car and do 50 rounds of a streak and run every red light? No, I mean, they're just <laughs> they're going to get excited about getting healthy again using pranayama. Yeah, yeah stand up, you know, like stand up and do some, you know, we're so used to doing seated pranayama and most of the pranayamas need to be done seated because you can get dizzy and pass out. We don't really want that. But the, um, <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah. So you want to, <laughs> yeah, hands out. I was thinking that I was thinking today, I was taking a walk before getting on the call with you and thinking about uh, one of the classes I was teaching way back and I was doing teaching like a ton of intense pranayama and lots of kumbhak, lots of holding and I just yeah. heard thud and like somebody right. hitting the floor. Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta take it way back for these folks, you know, <laughs> trim it way back. Um, it's funny when the light switch gets pulled out of the wall. You're like, oh my, well, I'm going down. <laughs> <laughs> like we need a soft rugs. We need right. cushions all around. Love like, a room. <laughs> yeah, 
like I can fall anywhere in this room. Yeah, no problem. It's really it's, tough. Oh God, it's just part of the it's part of the ride. You know, creating boundaries. Yeah, te testing one's edge, but yeah. generally we don't want people passing out. And so the um, standing up, like this is a great time of year to do standing sun breaths, to do um, to do breath of joy. Do you want me to show the group? I would show love everyone? that. I'll stand Thank up and do so it. Much. Yeah. Let me just tie my shirt here. <clears throat> and so there's, you know, it's so simple. And these are like mini breaks that you can take at any time in the day when you just need to get prana flowing. Right. And can you can you see me okay? Awesome. I'm a little okay. A little shift my lights a little bit for you. All right. And so, and let me just shift my camera a little for you so you can see me a little bit more. Where is that? Screen. I see a fire <laughs> in the background. Oh, that's you. <laughs> the flame. And so. For those who want to shift up the, the pranayama practice, you just come to standing, feet about shoulder width apart. So you have a good solid foundation. Inhale the arms out to the sides and up overhead. Exhale the hands down the center line. Inhale the arms out to the sides and overhead. Exhale down the center line. And you do several of these sun breaths with the ocean sounding breath, yes. getting things moving, like opening up the shoulders, airing out the armpits stretching open the side ribs, clearing the intercostal muscles between the ribs that tend to get really brittle, really tight, really rigid. So this helps to open that up. We're getting good exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide and you could slow it way down. Mm -hmm. And then reverse direction. Inhale up the center line, exhale the arms out and down, but bend the knees, the fingers graze the thighs, and then inhale, legs straighten, arms reach. Exhale into a little squatting sun breath. And so that gets a little more circulation. We bring the legs into it. And for those who are, are feeling more limber, the hands can even graze the floor. So you get these big squatting sun breaths, full body circulation. This is going yes. to get a little cardio, right? We're starting to move yeah. things. And so that's going to circulate the plasma, the lymph, the blood, and the prana. And so squatting sun breaths or, or butterfly breaths, those are fantastic. So like mm -hmm. that can take a minute. That could be a minute break, you know, getting up from the computer, doing, doing a little breath work before walking into the office, taking a break between meetings, you know, like one minute can boom. And then you spritz yourself with a little rose water and you're good to go. I you know? love it. One more practice that's fantastic and standing is the breath of joy. Also super simple, a little bit more stimulating. So a little better for spring, you're really gonna get things moving. Three inhalations through the nose, one exhalation through the mouth. And so we inhale first, the arms go forward, fill the belly. Inhale a second time, arms go out to the sides, fill the side ribs. Inhale a third time, arms go up overhead, fill the collarbones with breath. On the exhalation, the knees bend and the arms swing back and you let out a ha huh through the mouth. Okay, yeah. so it looks like this. And you just keep going. It's a three-part inhalation and a one-part exhalation. You can even let the corners of the mouth lift up a little bit here. It's the breath of joy. Think That's about something right. that you're grateful for. Beautiful. And that just gets things moving. You do a few rounds of that, shake it loose, and it's right. like, boom, instant prana circulation. You know, it's so easy and a nice way to pep up and change up what's happening in spring. And actually Cappadocia is most supported by variety. So like right. trying aromatherapy, do pranayama a different way, wear a different color, bring fresh flowers into your pranayama space, you mm -hmm. know? 
eat some green vegetables that you haven't eaten in a year that are now on sale in the grocery store. You know, like having variety is so helpful for those samskaras that you mentioned, those habits, to break those habits. And that's what helps us to change the trajectory of health and wellness is just a small little change, a small little decision that brings more health and wellness. It's easy to do. It sets you up. It sets mm -hmm. you up for success. Well, thank you so much for that pranayama experience. So mm -hmm. many of the things that you just led just allow us to ignite the brain, kickstart the heart, yeah. activate gastric fire, strengthening mm -hmm. the grounding rods of the legs. Mm -hmm. It was all right there. Mm -hmm. And you've got all four forms of self-care in the same second. You got mm -hmm. your cardio. Mm -hmm. There was stretching. There was mm -hmm. strengthening body weight against gravity. And there was a meditative mind. Mm -hmm. You can't have more simplicity and efficiency than what we just saw presented to us the last minute or so. And you can see the vibrancy of the face. The face doesn't lie. You can feel the energy <laughs> vibrating through there. And that vibration of fresh energy is simply key to being able to change habits. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're stressed and exhausted, we don't want to change habits. It, it's mm -hmm. like we're stuck in these grooves and we can't get out. And Ayurveda forces subtle change three times a year. Mm. If you're a neuron in your brain, that's exactly what the doctor ordered. You know, we must change with the seasons. We must use the pranayam with the seasons. And all of this leads us to a more purposeful, driven life. How do people work with you, Larissa? How do we get, how do folks get a hold of you? and get some of your dynamic teachings right on my website larissacarlson.com it's l-a-r-i-s-s-a-c-a-r-l-s-o-n larissacarlson.com you can also email me at larissa at larissacarlson.com and find me on instagram i'm on other platforms too but that's my main one so instagram my handle is at larissa hall carlson i have i do consultations for yoga, for mindfulness, for pranayama, but mainly one-on-one -on -one for Ayurvedic diet and lifestyle. So folks who are working with things like acid reflux, constipation, sleep trouble, um, inflammation, chronic headaches, you name it, Ayurveda covers it. And so uh, reaching out to me for support right on my website, they can book sessions right there. Uh, I also travel and teach a lot. And so they can look at the my event schedule. And I just released a brand new audio course called right. Ayur, Ayurveda for Meditators. Ayurveda for Meditators. And it's just two and a half hours, very short and to the point. So for folks who are new to Ayurveda and want to know more specifically about the seasons, the qualities, the locations of the doshas, the functions, how they show up in the body-mind, and then how to make reasonable, you know, uh, realistic, practical changes that, that are safe, simple, uh, free, and, and effective. Um, that's all right there in the course. And the course focuses on overcoming the five hindrances to meditation through dosha balancing. So I weave together my master's in mindfulness with my Ayurvedic practitioner and Ayurvedic yoga specialist training. And that huge heart of yours. <laughs> which is undeniable, just one of the most beautiful things on. I don't know what else to say other than the fact that on behalf of Harley and Wendy <laughs> and everybody out there who's tuning in, we just say we love you. We're really, really proud of you. And you're continuing to produce 
healthy change in places where we thought change could never take place. Thank you so much for your service to humanity, Larissa. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Ed. You, you and Wendy keep on, keep on doing the goodness, spreading all that goodness. And uh, I love you too so much. It's so nice I, to connect and see you here. Man, I, just, I, I always learn when I'm around you and it's just such a beautiful thing. And, and your delivery, your communication skills, it's so seamlessly easy to understand. So continue your greatness. We will connect again. Hugs and loves to everyone in your life. And I'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Take good care. Thank you.